0: Drop the subject to new Channel Q.
1: Ah, uh, thank you very much. Thank you, thank you, thank you.
2: The, the crowd is wilding. <laughs> so you know. Wilding out. Happy birthday to me. Today, Allison Johnson, you turn 35 years old.
1: Yeah, and my birthday party over the weekend after I had injured myself was the hashtag 35 and barely alive.
2: Yikes. Because
1: of my injury. Um, but That's re- an outlook. Yeah, but you know what? It is, I turned 35 today and it is kind of a weird birthday to have because you start thinking about, I, I was doing one of those gratitude meditations on the way here. Of course. Because I've, honestly, I'm excited about today. I always love birthdays. I love celebrating birthdays. I love celebrating other people's birthdays, but I was feeling a little discouraged this morning because over the course of the weekend and week it's just really tiring having an injury and it's Uh, really exhausting and I want to do a lot of things and I want to be more awake and social and active uh, but I can't because this is just weighing, like literally weighing me down so I was like why don't I put on a a little meditation to feel grateful for you know, the things that I do have right. and she was like picture a person that you're very thankful for and I was like alright my wife I'll think about her and I was like think about all the oh, qualities no, I feel like I know where this is going <laughs> no 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 it actually was it wasn't making me angry oh I but thought
2: it, it, in the meditation she was like be grateful for your able body yeah <laughs> you're like, be
1: grateful for both your shoulders uh, why don't you wiggle your toes exactly. and fingers and just be thankful that you're healthy flap
2: your arms like wings <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: No, but it did get me thinking about it was it was cool to do that on my actual birthday because I was like, you know what? Nice over the past 35 years of my life, I've really done a lot. And there's been a lot of, it was like, think about something that you're very proud of or think about a really fun thing that you did once. And I'm like, wow. And so it was cool to kind of relive and, and you know go through the memory box of yeah. things that I've done in the past and go, hey, you know what? It's been a good 35 years. So yeah. I'm feeling good about that. Nice. I'm trying to feel grateful even though I wish I could do a little more today than I actually can.
2: Well, you've got a whole year to do all kinds of cool 35 stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like 35 is the because I have this birthday coming up in three months. Don't where do it. I know, right? <laughs> Stop it.
1: It's all a lie. Um, <laughs> where,
2: like, now, I remember when I turned 26, my mom was like, You're closer to 30. Mm. No, my mom said, You're closer to 40 than you are to zero. And I was like, I'm 26. Hey. Calm down, yeah. old lady. And now it's like, Thirty-five. Wow, it's here. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't have like anxiety around birthdays, but and it sounds like you don't either. But like, no. Now that forties coming closer, it's like. Hmm, what I think should I'm I gonna, be doing.
1: Yeah, I think I'm gonna freak out a little more when I'm thirty-eight or thirty-nine. Yeah. But I have jumped an age bracket. Now I'm no longer going to be clicking that 18 to 34
2: button. Oh, yeah. I'm going to be
1: clicking the 35 to 54 button. Yeah. And that's going to be a big adjustment in my life.
2: But you're the youngin' in the group.
1: I am. I'm like barely, yeah, I'm yeah. at the very bottom. But I'm going to now be grouped in with like boomers.
2: <laughs> okay, boomers. So
1: that's going to be interesting. <laughs> don't you
2: know, don't let it go that yeah. far.
1: You know what's exciting, though, is that I don't know if you have any other celebrities that you like on your birthday. <laughs>
2: Melissa Joan Hart. Really? <laughs> it's Mine Melissa was Joan Hart, is, yeah. w- the
1: one that I knew growing up was Tiffany Amber Thiessen.
2: Oh, okay. And I was
1: like, yeah. And now, uh, now people are like, who? But I also I was doing a little bit of research because, you know, yes, there's a lot that I'm grateful for, but I feel a lot better about myself when I look at all of the birthday wishes for Cheetah Rivera. Because oh. it's her birthday today, and if I just read these and kind of you know pretend that I'm her, it's really great. Uh, the happiest of all births to the eternal Broadway sensation. Worship and bow down,
2: children. Wow. See if I just like make that about Damn. me. Okay. That makes me feel great. I mean, you also have Mariska Hargitay from um, Law and Order. It's her birthday today. She's turning fifty-five. That's great. You've got uh, Tiffany Everett, Frances McDormand.
1: Whoa, really? I yeah. didn't
2: know that. She's uh, actress. She's turning sixty-two today. Murska Hargitay turns fifty-five. Uh-huh. Um, you've got XXX Tentacion, which I mean, that's great. <laughs> Why Gotta didn't we that? do a
1: joint birthday party? I
2: mean, I think he was a little busy. Um, also,
1: where am I on that I, list?
2: I think he actually passed away like earlier this last year or oh, something crap. like that. So good luck on that oh, one. Oh, no. It's a very different kind of party. Um, <gasps> I'm looking at my birthday now that you mentioned it. And I'm like, who are the other people? And I always forget Kourtney Kardashian's birthday is on the same day as mine. Oh. I'm not sure what to do with that. Yeah. Sophia Grace Brownlee. Oh, that's the little girl from Ellen. The little girl from the Ellen? The little girl. Uh, Sophia Grace and Rosie, the little two British girls. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, having people share your birthday is, it's, I don't know how to feel about Colin O'Brien's on my birthday. That's interesting. Um, okay, back to you. Sorry.
1: All right. Well, I, I found this article because over the, you know, the last weekend, and I'm sure it'll happen again today, Emmy's already played a little bit of a happy birthday song going into the show today. And we do have other things planned on the show today. It's not just no, a yay, it's Allie's birthday. Um, but I also will say, you guys both got me a cake. It has a giant football on it. I'm very grateful. It is I'm a gonna, giant football. It, it, yeah, it's a giant football. And yeah. it, I figured
2: that was pretty lesbo.
1: Yeah. I mean, I already put it out on my Insta story and said, giant balls. What more could a lesbian want on her birthday? (laughs) I'm going to dig into that giant cake. There's nothing like the smell of frosting, frosting, especially like grocery store
2: frosting. Like
1: really sugary ass frosting.
2: Yeah. There's some stuff that grocery stores do really well. Yeah. Like fried chicken, sheet cakes, Um Sushi that makes you throw up. Rotisserie chicken. They do that so well. <laughs> sushi that makes you throw up. Oh no. <laughs> they, that just ruined sushi for but me. But they do
1: a great job at it. They do. Um but get but singing happy birthday to somebody. Does that make you uncomfortable or does it make you uncomfortable to receive it? It yes, it's a short song, but it does seem to last an eternity, doesn't well, it? Well,
2: it's even worse for in black communities because we sing the Stevie Wonder version so often like uh, happy birthday to, to you. Okay, but then and you fast forward and there's like this part where they're like happy <laughs> birthday like no one ever knows when to end it and a friend of mine just posted recently like, don't sing that Stevie Wonder ah. to me. like so yes it's, it can be very awkward well
1: there are a few other things there are some alternatives on a list I found here of things if you really don't want to sing someone happy birthday or if you want to get rid of the awkwardness of of uh, receiving that happy birthday song there are some alternatives we'll get to that when we get back and then we'll move on from my day. birthday
2: <laughs> (laughs) Drop
1: the subject. The new Channel Q. All right, drop the subject with Jarrett and Allie. Got all kinds of stuff planned for you today. Got a couple guests coming by. Nurse Alice is going to be hanging out with us.
2: Yes. We also have Alex Seitzwald joining us from earlier this week. Um, He was supposed to be able to join us, but he's going to be joining us today uh, from Iowa uh, talking to us about the uh, Iowa caucus that's coming up and how Mike Bloomberg is running an unusual campaign, but could possibly still pull it out. Absolutely. We
1: got gay, gay, cray, cray, unrelated to the 2020 election. And then also, we've uh, we've got some crazy impeachment stuff that we have to share with you because uh, there's all kinds of testimony or is it testimony it's testimony today, right?
2: Um, well, it's still presentation presentations. presentations. Yeah. okay.
1: So we have to cover all that. Uh, but yes, it is my birthday today, and you know, today's definitely a day where you uh, I mean, really the only reason why you still have a birthday is to get that coveted HBD on on
2: Facebook. Okay, that's really whenever the only- someone sends HBD. I'm like, you know what? <laughs> well, I'm not even, like, a huge birthday person. Like, it's not like, oh, celebrate my birthday for the month or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not that guy. But, like, when someone sends HBD, I'm like, you did the absolute (laughs) least that you possibly could.
1: Like, Siri didn't even help you out there to spell it out. Like, come on. Well, it really makes you break down. It helps you to break down the types of friends when in your inner circle versus your outer circle, right? Your inner circle people, like, those are the people that'll go to the birthday party if you have one, and they'll usually post for you. Say, you know, they'll post a picture with you yeah. two in it or something, and they'll share a memory. Right. Uh, you know, your good friends will always post or go to whatever... A birthday event you have. Then you have family members that you kind of see sometimes, you kind of don't. Maybe they'll send you a, a card.
2: They'll go old school. Sure.
1: Which card, I don't know. If if there's nothing in it, I have a lot of questions as to why it's been sent at all. But
2: Nothing as in, like, what do you mean?
1: Like, you open it and it's just the card that says happy birthday.
2: You mean like no note or no gift?
1: No gift.
2: Oh. There's just a card. Yikes.
1: You know? I mean, you spent... I'm just saying, we live in 2020 now. I'm yeah. not sure the trees would appreciate sending a card with nothing but HBD in it. Uh, okay. Okay. I mean, because also they're out of it probably 10, 20, 20 bucks by now. Well,
2: it's still the thought, though, like that they thought of your birthday ahead of time and yeah. sent you a card that got there seemingly on time. <laughs> I remember my aunt used to always give me $5 on my birthday. And then, like, but she would always mail me a card no matter where I lived. She would send me a card. And I remember. I think I was 30 years old and still got, like, a card with five bucks in it.
1: See, that's, yeah, even even a buck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's nice. It was cute. It is cute. And then, of course, on the bottom of the totem pole, you got the HBDers, the people who are just going to only post because because Facebook has reminded them and because they're the only people still on Facebook, and they're just going to go HBD. Sometimes I'll be like, hope you have a great day today.
2: I love H-B- that HBD really, really upsets me. The, the that, that puts you in a lower level of friendship.
1: I will HBD no one. I will I will say happy birthday, hope you're doing well, miss you, something right. like that. I'm not just going to do three letters and call it a day. I would rather do nothing. And I would rather receive nothing okay. than an HBD.
2: I, 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 I don't know. The HBD is annoying, but I don't... <laughs> I don't think you're a lesser friend if you HBD me. Like, oh, really? No, I don't think you're like a lower totem pole yeah. friend. I think it's about who that person is. But like my, my uh, one of my best friends had a birthday this weekend and like I couldn't go to the birthday party and like I had all this guilt around it. And I was like, you know what? It's going to be fine. And I texted him and said, like, I can't go. I can't be there today. I'm not feeling well. Uh, and he was like, no problem, man. Have a good one. I'll see you this week. And I was like, oh, OK, uh, I guess I don't have to be like freaked out about this. Right. I'm like, I'm, I'm not a good friend if I don't go to the party. Or something yeah, like that, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Don't put too much pressure on yourself. And then there
1: is the coveted happy birthday song. And by coveted, I mean despised. And I don't despise this song very much. In fact, my dad calls me every single birthday and he will sing the entirety of the song very long and drawn out and awkwardly. And it's great. I love oh. it. He'll do it. And he'll Every do time. a little riff at the end, and it'll always be like a little thing that he'll just trail off. And it's it's awesome. And But in this article, they say there's nothing more agonizing than, than when you're at dinner, and then you hear all of a sudden, ha, and yeah. you're like, no. Yeah. And we kind of, it's a song that we kind of got stuck with, to yeah. be honest. And I mean, it made, got made public domain. I don't think anyone really cared. But a few things you can do if you hate Happy Birthday is take a group shot, Uh, Sign a big group card or do a group video, Um, sing literally anything
2: else, or... (laughs) I love that song.
1: Give a verbal HBD.
2: <laughs> a verbal HBD. HBD. So then I was saying, I was just really crazy to me. <laughs> how, no, I know for myself, uh, I don't like to answer the phone on my birthday. I love to be able to have the messages that you can like go back and listen to later. There you go. And also it's a little bit overwhelming when a, a bunch of people are like, happy birthday, happy birthday. And they want yeah. like, to call. I'm like, I'm not you. used to phone calls anymore. Okay, right. It's 2020. Well, so what are you doing today? And it's like answering phone calls. Like, <laughs> you know, uh, We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to give you the latest on the impeachment. What's happening there? Uh, like I said, next hour, we've got Alex Seitz wall after that we've got nurse alice a whole big show plan don't go anywhere we'll be right back
3: drop the subject
1: the new channel q all right a very eventful week in washington dc because the impeachment is going on and of course every day and every hour brings even more crazy impeachment stuff here is some crazy impeachment stuff
2: it's just so much impeachment stuff that's crazy now it
1: is here is some crazy impeachment stuff you know, we you, actually you
2: said, "Oh, like you had something there." What happened?
1: Yes, there. Well, we got some listener feedback on this crazy impeachment stuff. Here is some crazy impeachment stuff. This is from Hannah Man Two Thousand. Okay, so here's my two cents on here is some crazy impeachment <laughs> stuff. I've heard it enough times now that each each time I hear it, I picture you guys doing some kind of overproduced live show where an entire choir sings it. Here, here, here is some crazy impeachment <laughs> stuff. So I think that we should get I don't know. Get a choir? Get a choir. Okay. To sing this entire thing in like five-part harmony. Oh. In a religious, you know, like, here is some crazy impeachment stuff. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And then maybe hold the off for like way too long.
2: I think the reality of that would be you and I having to record the different parts and like layering it multiple times. It's not like a chorus.
1: You are being a negative Nancy Pelosi.
2: <clears throat> I I'm being a positive Nancy na- I know. negative. I'm a positive. I don't know how that works. Anyway, uh, you're a the, neutral Nancy. The impeachment in the in, in the Senate continues. Uh, the House is currently still presenting their case right now. The headline says House Democrats lay out abuse of power case against Donald Trump. You'll remember that he was uh, charged with two different things uh, in the impeachment articles: abuse of power. Uh, and obstruction of Congress and yesterday the president tweeted about everyone about them having all the Congress having none of the information and him having all the information. Yeah, we it was like, have
1: all the information. Yeah,
2: it's like sweetie. Um, that's a problem. You're incriminating yourself, <laughs> exactly, you yeah. dummy. You should stop talking. Yeah, and tweeting. Uh, last night they went late into the evening again. Not quite as late as the first night, um, but they, they were there l- late into the evening and I one of the headlines that came out was like oh, there's a bit of civility uh, developing in in the Senate. And I was like what does that mean? And like, Lindsey Graham shook Adam Schiff's Adam Schiff's hand oh. and said, "Like, you did a great job." I was like, up there. oh, they
1: agreed. They agreed on where to
2: order dinner, or something? right? And I was like, "I'm sorry, that's not moving. Like, <laughs> no. it, it's not very moving uh. at all." Um, but they are, you know, continuing this process. And Democrats will wrap up their presentation tomorrow. Um, one of the major questions is whether or not Republicans are going to be pushed to Saturday. Um, they say that the president wants this to be wrapped up before um, the State of the Union. I will. Remind the president that he is the person on trial, <laughs> uh-huh. not the judge.
1: Uh, right. um, uh, yeah, I don't think he gets to decide how it all shakes out. Yeah, so I'd like saying, it to be done.
2: I want this to be over with. Okay. Uh, so they the question is whether or not Mitch McConnell will make them, you know, continue their presentation on Saturday or hold it over to the next weekday. Um, and you know, there were some there. There have been plenty of uh, people who have said that Adam Schiff and you know the entire House managers team um, has been doing a really good job of laying out exactly what happened. However, the conversation really tends to be about how the senators are sitting there. They're falling asleep. They're fidgeting. They're like, you know, trying to figure out what to do. And now that part, I can't really blame them. Like, I have a hard what are time you supposed sitting to do? sitting in a class with a lecturer for an hour and a half or something is really hard for me to stay awake. They're sitting there for eight hour presentations. That's after like opening set. Like, I can't imagine sitting there for that long.
1: And you're young and spry these Uh, guys are old
2: first of all let me thank you for calling me young and spry (laughs) Um, but like last night uh, uh, Chris Hayes on MSNBC was saying to them like he was making the comparison to them like you all are this is literally the job You're a senator. You've got to sit in session, and you guys are getting your full salary every day when the American people who have to go serve on a jury, you know, they get a few dollars a day to be there, and they have to sit there for as long as whatever. So, like, there is a juxtaposition there that's interesting, but, like, I got to say, like, it'd be really hard to sit through.
1: I mean, think about how early... Think about it! Think about it! Think about how early these guys normally go to bed. I mean, especially (laughs) if some of them are pushing 80. You're having dinner by 5, you're in bed by
2: 8... After Jeopardy, I don't know if that's the case for most uh, senator. I don't know. I actually wonder what their at what the average, I mean, the median bedtime is. This for has got to be
1: past all of their bedtimes, though.
2: Um, especially like the late nights for sure.
1: And to have a late night is whatever. To have a late night because you're watching long presentations with no breaking up, no no
2: questions, uh, no, no getting out, yeah, no
1: jester tap dancing in the <laughs> middle of it. I mean, there's no. It's just dry, dry can you imagine talking. Being a senator,
2: and you're sitting in the trial of the impeachment of the Uni- of the president of the United States, and like you doze off, and you wake up, and down on the floor there's a jester <laughs> tap dancing.
1: Or he's like, "What do you want, sir? A, bu- a dog? A monkey? Y- you'd be like, like, hold on.' Psh- am I? Sh- make you a balloon like, animal? What
2: is happening here? Just
1: keep him awake, however you can. This is important.
2: <laughs> yes. Uh, so they will continue their presentation through the rest of the day. They um, uh, for seemingly uh, eight hours, and then uh, tomorrow will be their final day, assuming they take up the rest of their their remaining time. We'll keep you posted on uh, the developments as they continue today um, throughout the day. we got to take a quick break. When we come back, Drop the Subject uh, has a lot more. Um, in the next hour, we're talking to Alex heitz from NBC News about Michael Bloomberg's unusual campaign and whether or not it could actually work for him to win. And up next, though, Australia's got a new problem on their hands, and it's eight legs, and it's related to the fires. We'll Ugh. explain why.
4: Drop the Subject. The new channel Q.
2: We are back on the air. Allie is, uh, is, is, the struggle is real. I know. Let me tell you. It's so hard. Um, Allie's over behind the, <gasps> the board. We could have actually switched places. I could have done this.
1: Yeah, that's true. But I'm yeah. here now.
2: It's okay. That's all right.
1: <laughs> well, I wanted to bring this nightmare news to the table. Yeah. Because as we know, Australia's had a, a year already. Ooh. I mean, it has been... I mean, I know you say the struggle is real with me. There's nothing like what they've been going through over in Australia. I mean, the past 365 days alone, they've had fires, they've had flooding, they've had crazy hailstorms, and now the nightmare news that I bring to the table here on Drop the Subject is a new problem. All of these conditions, by, by just sheer coincidence... Have made conditions perfect for one of the deadliest spiders in the entire world to thrive. It is the funnel web spider. And <laughs> it. I mean, what's what's interesting about Australians in general is that they're so positive, even when they're talking about things that are deadly. I mean, listen. They have a
2: very delightful disposition. They really do. Yeah. They're like,
1: this is not a big deal, but it's going to bite you and you'll die in a few seconds. I mean, we're uh, all going to die, yeah. I mean, but- we're all going to die, but uh, this is what they have to say.
5: Right, Dan here from the Australian Reptile Park. On behalf of the Australian Reptile Park, we'd like to issue a quick warning about the current conditions we're experiencing and also the increased activity that we will see with Funnelware Spiders. Because of the recent rain and now, the hot days we are now experiencing, funnel spiders will start to move around. In particular, male funnel as they start to venture looking for a female funnel web okay, spider.
1: Okay, so, so just to review... First of
2: all, very heteronormative of these spiders, that they're <laughs> only looking for women.
1: You know... I, I think these funnel web spiders should branch out.
2: They should. A
1: little bit. These funnel web spiders are seeing with tunnel vision. They need to expand. <laughs> but so think about the nightmare of just very deadly funnel web spiders crawling around in Australia because the conditions are perfect. They're also going to be having spider sex all
2: over the place. Right. They're hooking up all over the place. There's spider porn everywhere you look. So I got to say, the idea of any Australian spider already makes my skin crawl.
1: Well, because this isn't the only one. There are a million that are super deadly there. They even have ones that are so big they can wrap around trash cans, and I'm pretty sure they can jump to your height.
2: Let's continue. Hold on, stop, wait, wait. stop, (laughs) stop. Hold on, stop everything. They have spiders big enough to wrap around a trash can. I'll show you
1: pictures in the break, and we'll, we can tweet them out at DTS Show. If you're not following us already, please do, because, the yes, we've uh, um, uh, the producer of the morning show that I was on in San Francisco, he's from Australia, and he would show pictures of these giant spiders wrapped around
2: trash cans. What I don't need to see <laughs> is that. <laughs> I probably would never sleep again.
5: Let's continue. ...dangerous spiders on the planet in terms of a bite towards a human. Okay. So we have to take it very, very seriously. The Australian Reptile Park has a long history working with funnel spiders as we are the sole supplier of their raw venom to us in Victoria.
1: So I don't and know that is- what that sound is. Is that their screeching?
2: I think that was a horrified person who <laughs> saw this spider wrapped around a trash can. <laughs> <to be. laughs> oh, my God.
1: Now, let's continue because I think there's a part about how they want us to catch them if we see
5: them. in Victoria... And that is the start of the process in making anti-venom for funnel webs. This program has contributed to saving hundreds of people's lives. Oh. What we do need now, though, is male funnel web spiders. Don't oh, so we you target people if they can? Hold on. And-
2: I remember when I first took this job on this show with you. I said like. You know, we can play around with different things, but like, I do not like snakes. Oh, and yeah. I was like, and I don't mean that in like a, oh, bring in a snake and I'll be scared on the air. I mean that in a, I don't like snakes kind of way. Like, <laughs> like, don't play me. Don't joke about this. This is another one of those things. Like, I'm not willing to play the game with this. <laughs> not even going. I will so walk out of the studio. If
1: you, But if you see one, Jared, they're asking for your help. Just listen really quickly <laughs> because they need you to catch one
5: safely do so, and of course, we're speaking to adults only, to catch male funnel-web spiders and bring it to the reptile park. Okay. Just by so, just to review,
1: in Nightmare <sighs> News, oh my God. deadly, these conditions are perfect for the thriving of funnel-web spiders. They're the, one of the most dangerous in the entire world. Uh, if, if they... Come in contact with you. Their venom acts fast. It will kill you within seconds. Also, need your help. If you see them...
2: Please grab one. Grab a put cup. Put it into a jar. Okay. Poke a hole into the lid and bring, bring it, it, it to Bring it all
1: us. the way to the reptile park. Oh my,
2: God, my skin is literally crawling. Can we please go? <laughs>
1: Drop the subject. The new Channel
2: Q. Welcome back to Drop the Subject. I'm Jarrett. That's Allie with the the short arm in the sling, but also <laughs>
1: short arm. Uh, you know how you were referencing it earlier. Other?
2: Exactly. Um, it's also Allie's 35th birthday. Happy birthday, HBD to you. Um, we are really excited to have on the phone with us uh, Alex Seitzwald from NBC News. Um, he's joining us for one of our uh, Drop the President segments. the president Alex is joining us live on the phone right now from Iowa how's it going Alex Hey, good, I are you doing? Thanks for having me. And,
4: oh. and happy birthday, I guess, is in order to.
2: <laughs> Thank you very much. It's
1: about time that you wish me happy birthday, Alex. Jesus.
2: <laughs> uh, welcome to the show. I wanted to have you on because you did this really interesting piece uh, for NBC News. And I wanted to talk about it because Michael Bloomberg has this campaign that he's running that is really unusual. And people are saying like, oh, uh, no one's ever won like that. But it's also like, no one's ever run like that. So I was, yeah. I was really excited to talk with you to have you kind of explain to our listeners what exactly Michael Bloomberg is doing, why it's so different and why he thinks he can win. So can you explain to us the the route that Michael Bloomberg has decided to take uh, in this election?
4: Yeah. So, I mean, Michael Bloomberg, you know, if you know anything about him, you know, he's the former mayor of New York City, and you probably know he's a billionaire and not just a, a, any billionaire, a, a very rich billionaire, even by the standards of billionaires. He looked at running for president earlier this year, and he would have done the kind of normal thing, come out here to Iowa, where I am, New Hampshire, compete in those early states that get all the attention. He decided not to run earlier this year but then he changed his mind essentially this fall and kind of threw this presidential campaign together and because he has so much money he's able to make this even be a thing at all you know if he were pretty much anyone else it wouldn't we wouldn't really be paying much attention to it right He's decided to skip the early states, not go to Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina, Nevada, and focus entirely on what we call Super Tuesday states. These are states that vote in March, uh, and there's a lot of them, and they're much bigger. So in terms of actually getting the delegates that you need to win the Democratic nomination, there's a lot more of them there but it's a lot more expensive to compete in those states. You know, you're talking about California, Texas, Virginia, these are big states that it costs a lot of money to run TV ads, to hire organizers, so most presidential candidates they, they couldn't even consider doing that. That's why they, they go to Iowa. It's a lot cheaper here uh, than New Hampshire. But Bloomberg can afford it. So he's trying to make an end run, essentially, around this process. Uh, you know, Tell the other candidates, that's the, have fun in Iowa. I'll see you in March in California, and we'll see if my money can win out over the, the, the groundwork that you guys have been doing for two years now.
1: Yeah, but I mean, we, and I only know this because of chatting with Jarrett so many times about, uh, about the support that you need. I mean, you can't can't just be a billionaire and run on being a billionaire. You also need to have support from people. You can't just use your own money, correct? I mean, how far can that really get you? Really
2: looking at how we we set up the debates process um, coming from the Democrats and how uh, they want you to have so much support from fundraising and also from polling. Uh, And Michael Bloomberg's not really made it on those stages. And so, like, how would he be able to estimate what the support might look like in those states?
4: Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, and and uh, it's kind of like the most expensive political science experiment in, in history. Like, yeah. how much does money actually get you? And uh, we don't know. But but so far, it's it's done you know surprisingly well. There was a, a Monmouth poll out yesterday that showed him jumping to fourth place nationally, which I think surprised a lot of people, surprised mm-hmm. me, certainly. Um, and, you know, he's been able to, to pitch himself uh, as, as a successful businessman, a successful mayor of New York City. But almost as importantly as someone who could spend unlimited amounts of money against Donald Trump if he were the nominee. And that's, that's very much a part of his message. If you watch his ads, they, they are often start with attacks on Trump. And then at the very end, they're like, oh, and by the way, I'm Michael Bloomberg. You know, vote for me. They, they, they look more like a super PAC ad uh, than a candidate ad. But at a time when Democrats are so nervous and so obsessed with beating Trump, somebody telling them i have a plan to be trump i have the resources to be trump that can you know maybe be uh, appealing i say maybe we'll have to see but that's that's what they're kind of counting on
1: yeah i mean it's interesting to hear people like elizabeth warren and bernie sanders constantly rail against millionaires and billionaires and explain mm-hmm. you know why they're a big part of the problem so it would be interesting to ev- i mean i don't would we eventually see them on stage together and have michael bloomberg be like i am a billionaire and i'm trying to put it to good use and i'm trying to change the world with this.
4: Right. Uh, yeah, you wouldn't expect that the Democratic Party at this moment, uh, when, you know, it's been so much talk about economic inequality and socialism on the rise, that you'd have two billionaires, because you also have Tom Steyer, uh, in this race. So it's, it's a great question about debates. He has not been in any of the debates, and uh, right now, it'd be basically impossible for him to get on the debate stage. Okay. The way the rules work, you need to show support, not only through polling, which he, he would be able to do, but you need to get uh, a certain number of donors, hundreds of 200,000 donors online. And that the, the whole idea of that is to incentivize grassroots, you know, small dollar online fundraising to not empower rich people uh, to, to dominate the process. He is, not only funding his campaign, Michael is not only funding his campaign himself, he's actually rejecting donations. You cannot donate to him, even if you wanted to. Uh, even he goes so far as everything in his store online, you know, if you wanted to buy a t-shirt or whatever, they sell it exactly at cost, because if they made any money off of it, it would be considered a contribution. So he has no way to get on the debate stage uh, at the moment, which has irked some of the, the people like Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders who want to go up on the debate right. stage with him. They want to test his record. They want to explain why Democrats should not nominate uh, a billionaire who, who they say is trying to you know, buy the the presidency. Uh, but it's unclear whether they'll be able to have a chance to do that.
2: Well, Alex, we've got to take a quick break. I want to come back and talk to you a little bit more because you're in Iowa. Uh, you, you told us earlier this week that you're chasing down stories with Joe Biden uh, and some of the other candidates. So I'd love to be able to talk to you a little bit more about what's happening in Iowa. Can you hold on with us? Absolutely. Thanks. All right. We'll take a quick break. More with Alex Heitzwald right after this.
4: Drop the subject. The new channel Q.
2: We are back with Alex Seitzwald from NBC News, and we were just talking about Michael Bloomberg and his unusual uh, path to the presidency that he's carving out for himself. Um, I also wanted to talk to with you silver a silver spoon <laughs> with a silver spoon, right? Um, I'm also really curious about some of the other stories that you're working on right now. I know that you've been uh, you've been working on some stories with uh, Joe Biden, and you said that he's been out there on the trail, but his crowds have been relatively small, even though he's still a front runner there, right?
4: Yeah, it's surprising. If you uh, went to these Biden events that I was at yesterday uh, here in Iowa, you would not think we're two weeks out or less than two weeks out from the caucus, and this is the front runner. I mean, you know, there are a couple dozen people there, uh, maybe 100 at the biggest events he gets. There, there's not a ton of energy. Uh, and I've been to these other campaign events. I just saw Pete Buttigieg, and there were 1,200 people there. But what Biden has going for him still and, and why, you know, I think nobody uh, – is counting him out at all? He's still seen as the the safest option, the guy most likely to beat Donald Trump, uh, the one who could you put him in the Oval Office on day one and he would be ready. That's what that's what a lot of voters here are telling me. So for these people who are undecided, and there's a, there's a surprising number of them, uh, there's a good chance that they they kind of default to Joe Biden, or if their candidate uh, you need doesn't get the the fifteen percent that you need to get to be considered viable then they have to go pick another candidate so that th- those people might default to Joe Biden. So it's a really strange uh, thing where he is solid by by all measures, but you don't really feel it on the ground here.
2: I'm curious what you think. Um, what How will that translate to enthusiasm when it comes like either to the primary, but also to the general? If he's not getting 100 people and Pete Buttigieg yeah, is just turning out dozen? 1,200 people. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, what does that say about enthusiasm on the ground for, for Democrats in general?
4: That's exactly the case that a lot of the other candidates are making. They're saying don't just go with the safe option. Uh, Even if you think he's the most electable against Donald Trump, you need somebody who's going to inspire. Thousands, millions of people to turn out, uh, and that's exactly the case they're making. But I, I, it, I, I talk to so many Democratic voters who they, they think like a like a pundit or like a strategist, and they're trying to game it out, and they imagine this kind of mythical swing voter in the Midwest is usually you know a white blue collar. Uh, union guy at a diner I, I feel like and they think Very specific, who of Alex. the candidates
1: yeah. <laughs> ordering pie key lime pie <laughs> yeah
4: right exactly exactly drinking black coffee exactly uh, and they're like who of the candidates is uh, is least likely to alienate that person, and they always land on on joe biden and As much as so many people have been trying to get voters to think differently about it, still you know less than two weeks out from the caucus, I still hear that same thing over and over again and i, I it 's explicitly joe biden 's message uh, He had Christy Vilsack is the former first lady of Iowa campaigning, and she kept urging voters to make a practical choice, make a practical choice, basically saying, even if you don 't love this guy. He's the one who can beat Trump. And it's stuck with him this whole time.
2: What's interesting to me about that is, like, there's data that shows uh, in in past elections that voters tend to vote for someone they think can win. Not necessarily who they like the most or who they think would be the best. And this is an interesting dichotomy in that way. Like, they think Joe Biden can win, but they're not enthusiastic about him. But
1: Joe Biden just seems like like the club sandwich that you get when the thing you really want is out at a restaurant like he's the thing that you're like alright I guess I'll have that like that'll be fine I was like talking- it's not anything you're excited about but it's something that you feel like will satisfy
2: yeah I was talking to a friend of mine who's an elected official in another state and he was, uh, he's the only person I know that's like enthusiastic about Joe Biden as mm. opposed to like being fine with joe biden like i feel like everyone is like huh okay um alex talk to me about um how the senators being off the campaign trail is impacting the the ways that that people are campaigning there right now
4: yeah i mean it's it's weird the state is empty practically at the moment which you you would not expect, uh, you know. This is the, the Iowa caucuses are, are weird. They're very different from normal voting. You you physically show up all together with your neighbors, and uh, it's kind of raucous. People yell at you to come over and support their candidate and stuff. So, so personal connections really do matter. It, it's kind of a cliche in in politics, but I think in in the Iowa caucuses in particular, it really does matter. And you know, these are voters who. Are used to this. They they're used to seeing uh, candidates come through. I, I saw a woman yesterday tell Joe Biden that she had seen him seven times, but her mind was still not made up. Wow. Uh, so I so I do think it hurts, especially in these last uh, few weeks when people who you know maybe weren't tuning in or who are still not decided, they want to shake the candidate and and look them in the eye and they won't be able to do that for elizabeth warren for bernie sanders for amy klobuchar and uh there's really nothing that they can do to make up for that and they all acknowledge that and you know the one thing that they do have going for them is if they don't do as well as they hope in iowa then they can put a little asterisk next to that and they can say well if i had been allowed to campaign here you know maybe it would have gone better.
1: I know this might seem like a little bit of a dumb question, but does anyone feel a little bit bad for Iowans? I feel like they always (laughs) are just like everybody is there in their faces all the time being like, come on, come on, come on. Vote for me. Vote for me. I mean, is there ever a world where maybe we don't start with Iowa?
2: I mean, I think that's a big conversation.
4: I think it's a huge conversation. And uh, every year that it continues the Iowa Democratic Party and the Republican Party they feel like they're kind of living on borrowed time right. that they are able to still have this um but I'll tell you from the Iowans that I've talked to it's it's the opposite they're fighting to keep it they love the attention they love that you know the former vice president of the United States is there lobbying them personally to try to win uh their vote but it, it's it's a kind of a fluke that Iowa gets to go first it's cuz Jimmy Carter you know, figured out a clever way to to win when no one thought he could in 1976. And then everybody has been kind of following along that way. Uh, I, the, 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 there's no like obvious way to fix it. So it, it, I, I don't know how long it will last, but I don't know what would obviously uh, replace it. That'd be better either.
2: Well, a big part of that conversation is the fact that Iowa does not look like the base of the Democratic Party. Right. right. The Democratic right. Party is a lot more diverse than Iowa does, uh, than uh, than Iowa is, demographically speaking. Um, Alex Siteswall, we really, really appreciate you uh, calling in and chatting with us about Mike Bloomberg and the Iowa caucuses. Uh, tell people where they can find out more about all of the work that you're doing.
4: Yeah, nbcnews.com or my Twitter handle at A That's S-E-I-T-Z-W-A-L-D. Thanks so much.
2: Thanks, Thank Alex. Well, we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. Drop the subject presents. News it or lose it. Drop the Subject is back. We have got to get into a news it or lose it. Allie has three headlines. I have three votes, and you guys will get what we give you.
1: Oh, yes. All right. Headline... Is
2: like a special birthday edition of News It? Uh, oh,
1: what Are you going to be more lenient to me? I, they're not birthday themed. <laughs> okay. Not a one of them. Okay. Headline number one. Planters has killed off their mascot in a new Super
2: Bowl commercial. Oh, no. Because I also heard that the peanut guy died today. <laughs> News it.
1: All right. Headline number two. Another one bites the retail dust. R.I.P.
2: Holy sears. News it.
1: (laughs) And then finally, headline number three. A ghost population of humans have been discovered in ancient Africa, revealing more about Central Africa and some of the populations that were present thousands of years ago.
2: A ghost community?
1: A ghost population. They found some remains that have all this new information.
2: Yeah, Luke, I'm kidding.
1: <laughs> Here's number Three for three. We've got like, a uh, see. The number of the day is What is it? Three. So that's the number of the day. It's my number It's the my number day. Drop the
0: subject. The new Channel Q.
2: Drop the subject presents... Lose It or Lose It. All right, Allie, you have 17 stories in about 42 <laughs> seconds.
1: Okay. Well, if you uh, picked Mr. Peanut in your 2020 death pool, then congratulations oh. because Mr. Peanut will die. Uh, technically, he's already dead because they've released the Super Bowl commercial already, but you will see officially next Sunday at the Super Bowl, Mr. Peanut meet, meets his demise in this commercial.
2: I just
3: died in your arms tonight. Oh, look out! Oh! Abandoned
1: Alright, so you, what you can't see oh, oh, too heavy. is oh. that they're all dangling Man, from a go. branch. No, you let go. <sighs> hey, Mr. Peanut, no, you don't.
2: Don't do it, Mr. Peanut.
1: No. No! no! Mr. Peanut, then. <gasps> Falls down to right. save the lives of the other two people, one of whom is Wesley Snipes. Uh, and this is all in memory of Mr. Peanut. It says 1916 to 2020. So they have killed off their official mascot, R.I. Peanut. It's
2: going to that great crunchy peanut butter jar in the sky.
1: Mm, I'm sure there'll be really mm. happy people in heaven eating him alive. <laughs> well, not alive, actually. I wonder
2: why they're killing off the character, though.
1: Uh, you know, Mr. Peanut's been very hateable. A lot of people don't like really? Mr. Peanut. Really? Yeah, they think he's very invasive. I don't know. I'm mas- making stuff oh, up. Oh, I but like, I, think,
2: I didn't know there was, like, a a whole lobby again. No, there uh, Mr. Peanut. Are,
1: I know that there are a lot of people that don't care that he's dead and we're celebrating his death on Twitter. Really? Yes, oh yeah, my God. Uh, but Mr. Okay. Peanut also will. I mean, conveniently enough, it's my birthday and he won't be able to do this, but on your birthday, you can uh, go to the planter's website and have Mr. Peanut. Basically, wish you a personalized happy birthday if you type in what you want him to say. Nice. <laughs> Don't ask me why I know that. All right, there's another retail. I mean, it's not technically retail, but there's another store
2: that is closing Did you all me with this of store? their
1: California locations. Any guesses?
2: I'm thinking it's Sears or Kmart.
1: No, they do not sell washer and dryers, but they do sell paper. It's those cards that are really overpriced with a little bird on them. Papyrus. Oh, really? Is closing all of their stores in California? Apparently, the greeting card and stationery market's not as not what it used to be. Maybe, of course, people like me bitching about how it's pointless to send cards now mm. and how they're getting really expensive. I'm mm-hmm. part of the problem, I guess. But they are closing all of their locations. I
2: do enjoy California. a papyrus store. They've got some great. Great stuff in there.
1: I do, but I do, a, I do too, but I do a lap and I'm like, I'm not paying... $20 for this card. Are you kidding me?
2: I mean, yeah, I, I completely get that. Yeah, I, I, I kind of also want to go to Paper Source now that now that I know that they might be up next.
1: <laughs> well, you know who's jumping to joy right now is Paper Source. <laughs> of,
2: of course, yeah. They're
1: like, thank God, the papyrus <laughs> giant is closing. <laughs> Alright, there is a ghost population of humans that has just been discovered in ancient Africa. This is a huge archaeological discovery. It's the first time that researchers have done an in-depth analysis of ancient DNA from western central Africa. And basically what they found is they found the bodies of four young people and it's basically giving them a lot more information about the uh, basically a population of people that existed thousands of years ago that remains of which have not been found yet and it it gives a lot more information on how people in Africa traveled, when they traveled, where they traveled Uh, and uh, you know there's basically these bodies are from you know Parts of our history that there, where there are a lot of holes. So we're going to now be able to find out a lot more information about. I bet my
2: twenty three and me is going to be updated in the next year. There
1: again. you go. <laughs> Might be related to this one of these people.
2: Maybe, probably.
1: Very, uh, very loosely related.
2: Ve- well, exactly. Uh, we'll take a quick break. We got more. Drop the subject. Coming up next.
4: Drop the subject, the new channel Q.
2: Drop the subject is back and I want to update you a little bit um on some of the latest crazy impeachment stuff.
5: Here is some crazy impeachment stuff. I
2: don't know if you guys heard, but the president of the United States is uh currently being impeached and this impeachment has been crazy. Here
1: is some crazy mm-hmm. impeachment um, stuff. I mean the impeachment in the house was crazy enough. Listen. And then now this is getting crazier. There's Here is some crazy, crazy
2: impeachment stuff. Um again, three minutes later. It's just so no, um, and he's like, "Wait, oh, she's no. like, I have a ten-time quota." Yeah, uh, right now we are uh, in the middle of, of the impeachment presentations from the uh, the House managers. I've been watching the CNN updates here, and <laughs> we were talking about them falling asleep, the senators, and uh, you know, Chris Hayes being like, "This is your job." Mm-hmm. Um, I love that this headline simply says most senators have been attentive during the first hour. Oh, good. But got, there are exceptions. <laughs> uh,
1: well, what's great is those ske- the sketch artists. Gotta love the sketch artists Listen. because you're not always seeing every angle of what's going on and they kind of can reveal to the people some of the things that the camera's not necessarily pointing to.
2: Well, that and like, we only have very few cameras because journalists aren't allowed to have cameras inside the, the oh, Senate one chamber. Of the rules, right? Exactly, yeah. yeah. So like, we only have like the main cameras that the that they feed out. Um, they say that Senator Susan cotton Collins picked up her pen to write down something after House Manager Jerry Nadler argued with White House defense teams um, being completely wrong and arguing that impeachable offenses uh, must be a statutory one. Apparently, like, you're not even supposed to be, like, taking notes or something, I guess. Um, it says... Uh, what? I don't... You're not allowed
1: to take notes?
2: I don't think that... I think that's what this is saying. I don't I don't know if that's accurate. I'll, I'll double check that. Um, but well, they say what around... what kind of a
1: rule is that? Well, that's so hey, stupid.
2: Hey, I said I wasn't sure. You
1: need to be able to take, take notes. How are you... Sp-
2: hey, hey. It's so
1: many hey, hours. Let me pat
2: you on the shoulder. <laughs> Ow. Oh, oh, sorry. Um, they say there are exceptions around uh, 1.45 Eastern time. Senator Rand Paul turned to glance at a clip of attorney Noah Feldman, who testified in the House uh, impeachment uh, investigation before returning to his drawing of the Capitol. I don't know. What? I, like
1: I am so confused as to what's going what on doing. in there.
2: They say uh, Representative Nadler queued up a Lindsey Graham clip and Senator John Barrasso affectionately patted the arm of uh, Graham's chair. By then, Graham had already left the floor uh, for the cloakroom. Graham came back around 158 and Senator Ben Sass whispered something to him on his way, basically saying like, people are being human. Like, you know what I mean? Like right. the, the rules about them not being able to have any kind of uh, devices, not being able to like do all uh, other things. Like it's got to be pretty perilous in there to be one of them. Uh, also, Gerald Nadler, Jerry Nadler, affectionately um, known as Jerry Nadler, uh, he's the uh, one of the House managers. Apparently, he said something that was not quite accurate. Um, he was saying that all prior impeachments included abuse of power. They say uh, that's not quite accurate. Uh, while abuse of power was among the articles of impeachment drawn up against Presidents Clinton and Nixon, it was not a part of the initial one. So they've been like live fact checking these things. Like Jeez. this, is, yeah, exactly.
1: Wow, it's I mean, it's it's one of those situations where because you're forced to pay attention and to interact with each other you might learn things about one another and there actually might be more civil moments coming out of that you and I you know what i mean like I think
2: that's very optimistic of you positive Nancy
1: Well i just i mean i am being a positive Nancy well, yeah. because when the power goes out and you've already played around a clue there's nothing to do but have a conversation and get along with people that you hate
2: is the power going to go out at the Capitol?
1: I'm just saying, when you are so, so left to your going own non-devices...
2: You.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got these bolt cutters. I'm ready to go. Exactly.
2: More Drop the Subject after this.
3: Drop the Subject.
1: The new Channel Q. All right, Drop the Subject. Jarrett and Allie celebrating my birthday today. Just to finishing up some birthday cake. <laughs> <laughs> Emmy's already pulling your mic down with those noises. Um, I just want to announce that I have received birthday emails from <laughs> oh my, my God. auto if, insurance company. If
2: someone emailed you HBD, I would. Cuss. <laughs> I would be ready to fight.
1: No, you know what? The company—I mean, Laser Eye Center of Silicon Valley. Wow, I used to—that's uh, where I got my eyes done many years ago. There's
2: like, a five dollar off coupon off of a twelve hundred dollar
1: <laughs> treatment that I've already had. Hey,
2: that you already had, right?
1: Uh, and my gym. I mean, a lot of these people—they're wishing me a very personalized happy birthday. I can't imagine any of this is automated. So, thank you very much (laughs)
2: to
1: Allstate, Lashonda at Allstate. I'm looking at you. Looking at you. All right, you have a question that you'd like to bring to the group.
2: (sighs) Yes. Okay. So, I need to. This is a very simple question, but I feel like you guys are going to have different opinions on this. When someone tells you something that is supposed to be a secret. Mm. And they tell you, nah. do not tell anybody. This is a secret. Who are you allowed to tell?
1: I always tell my significant other.
2: Wait, what, Emmy? <laughs> Wait. Emmy's like, I'm sorry. When someone says, gr-? don't tell when anyone. They because my thing is, I remember in high school, I wanted to come out to my best friend Nicole. Nicole was the girl I thought like she's my girl. She's also my best friend. Maybe I'm supposed to be with her. And she was like. Uh, no. And then I, I came out a little bit later. But I remember part of the reason I didn't want to tell her was because I didn't want her to be burdened with the secret and not being able to tell anybody else.
1: Ooh, okay. So now what? Have you been told
2: to Someone keep the Someone told me something and... And what is it? I, I, <laughs> so what they told me was... Yeah, go ahead. No, well, they told me something and yeah. I'm like, okay, I can't divulge this information, obviously, even though like I would love to. Is it
1: anyone we know?
2: The person who shared the secret or what it's about?
1: Oh, both. Does it have to do with, is it this, does it, like, if you told us, it would be like, oh my God, to us? Yes. (gasps) Whoa, Tell us what it is. No, I can't Come do on. that. Come
2: but like, on. But who is Jared, it okay? it's to,
1: the right thing to do. Who is
2: it okay to share these things with? Everyone. <laughs> She's like, you, only on the radio.
1: Only in the confines of this room, Jared. It's important but like, that I mean, we have no secrets between us. We don't
2: keep secrets here, Jared. This you drop the subject. are being burdened hey, drop the subject. with a
1: secret right now that you need to share. I'm not listening to
0: you, okay. Allie. I mean, what do you think? Um. If it's like if you r- really feel the need to, yeah, pass it on, then I guess you would just have to evaluate each person that you would want to talk. Like, so if, are they trustable? So, like, if I
2: told you a big secret, would you not go tell your boyfriend? No. Why would he care
0: about anything
2: going on here? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Like, why? Would, like, like, he hardly came to the holiday party. What do you want? Like, you know.
0: It's like... That, I don't know. Like, I don't ever feel the need to just, like, talk to talk. Because if it's yeah. not, like, bringing anything, like, super, you know, yeah. critical Juicy to, to, the, ta- to yeah. the table, I just, like, don't care.
1: Well, I'm like, it just doesn't matter to me. I get that. Th- there's nothing worse than spilling a secret that doesn't impress somebody.
2: Oh, yeah. are like, 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 did
1: you hear this? And they're like, oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, anyway, I'm going to go check my phone. <laughs> Bye.
0: And, it also depends, like, the like what the secret is if it's something that's like really personal like absolutely not like you shouldn't be like
2: so i my my feeling on this has always been like usually if someone tells you like a deep dark secret or something that is like really being you know held close to the vest you can generally tell your best friend Mm -hmm. and or your significant other but like my best friend your mom my mom i could tell my mom yeah
1: I mean, cause it's just not like she's going to go blab to...
2: My mom wouldn't even know anything about what I was talking about if I shared it. But, like, you know what I mean?
1: But that's why I think you can also include random stranger in this. Because they have no connection to the secret at all. And if you really want to tell somebody that really does not have any kind of personal stake in this story at all, you can tell them in Well, an I feel like telling, something.
2: Telling random stranger on the street doesn't really <laughs> do any good.
1: I mean, I beg to differ.
2: I mean, I... I guess for me like if you're
1: talking to a new person and you're like oh no this actually this crazy thing happened to somebody you know my friend and they're like oh my god that's nuts and they don't it it doesn't have doesn't matter if it's a secret you're not going to those two people aren't going to meet. You're not going to talk to that person again. It's just a random conversation in passing at a party.
2: I I guess I've all because <laughs> this is so challenging. Okay, uh, my friends, my best just friends, are, my best friends are all who I call the council. There's four of them, and I feel like I could tell the council members, and then they can tell me, and I'll have them text you Thank right you. after their HBD text. Um, <laughs> but like I I. I I always feel like I'm supposed to keep other people's secrets. And when they tell you, like, don't tell anyone, it's like, well, you know, there's always an asterisk next to don't tell anyone. I
1: think when people say don't tell anyone, they know that you're going to tell someone. But wouldn't that make you a bad secret keeper? I think it just means don't tell a bunch of people.
2: Okay. I Emmy's giving this the time Which means cue.
1: you're in a safe space right Sh- now. She's there. like, just
2: don't go on the radio and tell people. You know what I mean? Like, don't tweet it out. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so I want to know what you guys think about this. You can give us a call and give us your opinion. Uh, 833-77-CALL-Q is our number. 833 77 call Q. Um, We're going to take a quick break and when we come back, we've got Nurse Alice joining us. She's going to talk to us about two things. Number one, Allie wants to know when and where it's okay to use weed, basically, right? Mm. What are the the do's and don'ts? But also, I want to ask her about this new coronavirus thing that's happening out of China that's now landed on U.S. shores and probably will be spreading a little bit more. Um, She's going to explain what that is and um, what we should be looking out for. That's all coming up next with Nurse Alice on Drop the Subject. Don't go anywhere. Drop
4: the Subject. The new Channel Q.
1: Well, I'm so glad we got you in studio, Nurse Alice, because you did not come empty-handed. On my birthday, you brought in a platter of chocolate covered fruits. And
2: it is delicious.
1: And we have already dug in. We have chocolate on our teeth that we're picking out. Mm-hmm. There's chocolate
2: covered strawberries. I've never had a chocolate covered uh, pineapple and that is amazing.
1: Uh, our eyes but have been opened.
2: Chocolate covered apples um and, and like this great pile of grapes in the middle. I was like I do love a grape.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thanks fruit. So you don't you can eat as much as you want and not feel bad about the chocolate that comes don't with it. Don't you worry. It was
1: a great follow up to the piece of football cake that I just had. <laughs> and now... I'm uh, chasing it with uh, chocolate-covered apples and c- chocolate-covered strawberries, and thank you so much. I'm very glad to have you in studio, as always. We love talking to you, uh, Nurse Alice, about all things health, and we have many, many topics we'd like to cover, but there's one in particular that I always love discussing, and that is weed. And, you know, I feel like the, the reason that I want to talk about this is because I feel like every day I'm seeing a different article about it's good for you if you do this. It's bad for you if you do that. Well, if you're on heart medication, then you probably shouldn't be taking it. If you're, in, if you're smoking it, it's better than vaping it. If it's vaping it, then it's better. It's in, so wh- I just want to know what the damn answers are, Nurse Alice, because it, it, if I'm a regular consumer of weed, what's the safest way? When should I not be using it? Etc.
3: Right. So, as a health professional, I love talking about this because it's legal medically and recreationally. So, I'm not going to sit here and say, don't do it because I know you're going to do it anyway. So, I want you, to do, you. to do it safely.
2: Right. <laughs> she basically just called you a pothead on the radio. Well,
3: well, <laughs> no. But it has health benefits, right? It helps with insomnia, pain, stress, anxiety, anxiety all of those things. Um, and, you know, I, I think that it's very important that if you're going to use it, use it safely. And the best way is to arm yourself with information. So to answer your question, um, I th- well, I think your question was about... I think I had like
1: a thousand just which now. Is,
3: which is the safest way to use it? Was that
1: Yes, because I have a friend who is still mainly smokes it. And so whenever I hang out with her, she's like, oh, do you want some? I'm like, okay, sure. But I don't really like smoking it too much anymore. And she doesn't smoke cigarettes or anything. But we were talking this weekend about how she kind of has a cough.
3: Yes. So obviously there are various ways ways to ingest uh, to take in marijuana smoking it vaping it and eating it now I'm going to tell you just right now straight answer is the healthiest safest way is to eat it because it's going to go into your tummy your body's going to digest it whereas if you're smoking or vaping it you're actually having to inhale it into your lungs and other than air nothing else should really go in your lungs okay
2: I'm really glad we're talking about this because I I've never I was never like a big weed person before, like when I was younger and like, I don't know if I thought I was just being super wholesome or something. And then in the last I would say maybe seven years, I've like dibbled, dabbled and like tried it. But I remember the first times I ever tried weed, it just would not get me high. And so now I've like every now and then I'll have like an edible or something like that because I have a vape and I feel like when I'm vaping, I might get high like a third of the time. It's like a very low ratio of, of it actually working for me. And it's me. probably for not as long. For not as right, long. And, like- and I'm sure that it is a combination of my body chemistry and operator error, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so so um, edibles tend to work more consistently for me. But I have noticed even like, I, I it's not like I've built up a, long, a large tolerance because I don't do it that often. But I have noticed like in the past couple of weeks, I've had a couple of them. And one time it took like three and a half hours for me to feel it. Anything. And I was like, "What is the deal with that? How do you how do you know how to metabolize it, or how to schedule your food out to metabolize it in a way that you can control?"
3: I'm so glad you asked that question. So, just to, real quick you're going to uh, experience the, the high of uh, weed when you smoke it or vape it because your lungs are very vascular, so you 're going to feel it right away, mm-hmm. and your high is not going to last as long. Whereas when you ingest it, it has to go through so much you know into your tummy, it has to get digested and all of these things, so it's going to take longer for you to feel the effects of it when you eat it, and depending on your body chemistry. It may take even longer because you might not, you know, digest or absorb mm-hmm. the marijuana like Allie would, so it'll be very different. But I want to caution people because I get people in the ER all the time. Do not eat more brownies unless it's been at least two hours from the first one, <laughs> because you're going to be climbing the walls in Disclaimer. my emergency. Okay, so okay. I always tell
2: people when people talk about getting high. I remember the first time I got. Hi, I'd had a gummy bear, and it had been like a half hour, and I was like, oh, I don't feel anything, so I had T-son. another one, mm. and then Mm-mm. I wasn't feeling anything after that, so I took yeah. a third one, yep. and then I went to dinner with friends, and I was sitting there, and it was like a light switch hit, and it was... I was so high, I felt like I was dancing, but I wasn't moving. Yeah. I felt like I was saying things that I didn't say. I was <laughs> apologizing to people for saying things that weren't appropriate, and they were like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I was outside walking. Like, okay, so how do you know about your body? Like, how do you know when how long it should take?
3: Oh, that's a difficult question, because also, not every edible is the same, because mm. we don't truly have a standardized way of measuring it. We can estimate it, but if you're eating your weed in, like, uh, something that's baked that Mm -hmm. has fats in it that can actually disguise the actual potency of your weed so if it says 10 milligrams it actually might be more than 10 milligrams so Mm. there's just we're not consistent yet with how we're measuring things so when it comes to um, eating your edibles just be careful be you know and whenever whatever you're going to eat or buy always buy it from that Manufacturer, so you know that is how they consistent. work. Yeah, so one brownie is not the same as the brownie from another store across the way. That makes sense.
2: Yes. So, should you eat? Should you take an edible on an empty stomach or with food? Like for as far as like uh, expediency and how quickly it.
3: Happens.
1: Or does it matter because you're just going to stuff your face anyway exactly, after yeah. it kicks
3: in? Well, it's kind of like alcohol. So what happens when you drink alcohol on an empty stomach? You absorb it a lot sooner and you mm-hmm. feel the rush. So that's the same thing with eating an edible. If you eat it on an empty stomach, you're more likely to absorb the weed a lot faster than you would when it, versus when your stomach is full. Huh. Okay, we
2: got to take a break.
1: Yes, but we still have to pick up this conversation and then we have to ask you about the coronavirus because there's mm-hmm. a whole new set of. Questions there. Nurse Alice returns with us next. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Yeah, these are very fascinating conversations. Sometimes mm-hmm. I forget that we're off the I air. I know, yeah. and, and Because, I mean, this is just going not off the rails. It's going into really interesting places. We're here with Nurse Alice. This is Drop the Subject with Allie and Jarrett. And we've been talking about weed, when to use it, how to use it. Uh, we were talking about edibles. But let's move on to... When not to take weed at all? Because I've read a lot of studies about you know what age should you be taking it? Uh, if you're taking any kind of medication, we've heard about antidepressants maybe affecting weed use, uh, heart medication. Is there any are there any hard and fast rules yet, or is everything still kind of up in the air as we do more research?
3: Well, legally, we know that for uh, when it comes to recreational marijuana, you have to be at least 21 to purchase it, and I believe a lot of why that age is selected is because you're still as kids are still growing, we don't want to introduce anything that could potentially stunt their growth, especially since we're still learning a lot about the effects of marijuana on the body. Um, people who are pregnant, although I'll be honest, I've heard some mixed reviews from some of the OBGYNs, um, but it's overall the official recommendation is to not smoke while you're pregnant. Or and- UCBD products. Or well, CBD is different. You you can use CBD. It's just the THC okay. in the marijuana that we don't want to introduce to the fetus. I
2: have a friend that's pregnant, and she's like a really big proponent of like marijuana and CBD and stuff. And she was like, "I'm not doing any of the CBD stuff while she was pregnant." And I was like, "Oh, I didn't know about that." Well,
3: that might be a smart choice because although it, it's CBD and it's supposed to not have the THC, depending on the quality of your product, it's you know mm-hmm. some products might have a little THC in them while they're advertised as CBD.
1: I but think a lot of them do, to be honest, yeah. because my wife does not do we like she doesn't like THC, she doesn't like how it makes her feel, and we've gotten some CBD products, and she's like, "I'm high right now," and I'm like, "But it, it's CBD," and she's like, "No, but they have like a lot of them have THC. Sometimes it's a one to one ratio,
3: right? Wow. So yeah, so there so there's a um, not good regulation on how that's manufactured because it's supposed to not have it, but again, some of it may have a little bit of it. Um, but also, there's uh, a new report from the American College of Cardiology that people with heart disease and that could be like high blood pressure, any history of palpitations, anything going on with your heart are also probably not good candidates for weed because and you know what, I've never done weed, so I don't know. So you mm. maybe you guys can tell me. When you smoke weed does your heart beat faster?
1: Uh I yeah, remember. sometimes. I mean I I I think that's happened to me before when I've smoked it. Yeah. I mean maybe in the college years
2: when it was like
1: Take this giant gravity bomb rip, go! And it was like, ah, this is a lot all in for my body to take, yeah.
2: I don't think I've experienced my heart rate going up. Uh, maybe that time that I told you with the with the gummy bears. Um, gummy oh, bears, so it
3: did. I,
2: I feel like it might have then. Yes. Yeah. So
3: like so, palpitations, your heart rate increases. You kind of feel like your heart's racing. Blood pressure increases. And so, although uh, weed has many great uh, benefits with pain and anxiety and all those things we talked about earlier, if you already have pre-existing heart conditions and then you use weed and then you're that's going to further increase your heart rate and your blood pressure. Not good business for your heart. So Mm. they'll probably want to stay away. And then also if you're on certain medications like people who take statins, which are cholesterol medications and any type of blood thinners, the way that the weed is metabolized, our liver breaks it down. Um, And our liver is also responsible for breaking down those statins and those blood thinners. So if you're taking both of those at the same time, you actually might have dangerously high levels of medication in your body. So
2: It's important that we remind people like this is not – this is advice. This is not a prescription, right? This is Correct. you should talk to your own specific doctor about what you do. Um, I'm curious, though, Dr. Alice, <clears throat> with Dr. Uh, Nurse Alice, you, make sure you talk to your doctor. Today we're talking to Nurse Alice, um, but make sure you talk to someone about your own specific yes. situations. Um, I'm curious for myself if uh, how long it stays in your system as well. Like when you've had an edible or something like that, is it in your system for weeks, like for a couple of days? Like how does that work?
3: Right. So, um, As I was mentioning earlier, so edibles has a delayed onset, um, and because it has a delayed onset, it's going to also stay in your body a lot longer, Mm. Um, and it it can actually be detected into your body for a couple days after you've used it. Okay. So, and and there are many factors, how your body metabolizes it, your kidney function, your liver function, you know, how well you're eating and drinking, because as I was mentioning earlier, if you want to get rid of it sooner versus later, drink a lot of fluids, make sure sure you go poop, those type of things to excrete it from your body. So usually
2: up to a couple of days. Yes, a couple of days. I will mm-hmm.
3: say, too, Jarrett, I have heard
1: firsthand, and I've experienced firsthand, that if you uh, you know, ingest weed or smoke weed regularly or whatever, and then later on, if you work out, it hides in your fat cells. So you get a little high while oh. you're working out. You get a, like, a little high reprise. So right. it might be fun, might be not so fun. Really? Yes.
3: Just a little... Kind of like with the brownie things I was saying. Yeah, so, it's going to resurface. Mm. Well, weed and fats like to...
2: They Uh, like to hang out.
3: Yeah, they like to hang out. That's so interesting.
2: Okay, we get to take a quick break. Um, Nurse Alice is going to stay with us for a little bit longer because we really need to understand what this coronavirus thing is that's coming from China. Uh, We know that one person here in the United States has gotten it and uh, they're starting to shut down travel from China. So um, we'll have you explain that next. All right. We'll take a quick break. More coming up.
3: Drop the
1: subject new Channel Q. All right. Drop the subject with Jarrett and Allie. We're here with Nurse Alice, learning all kinds of things as usual. And we're moving on now to the coronavirus. Didn't know you could do branded viruses now.
2: <laughs> Shout out to the folks at Corona. <laughs> Shout
1: out to Corona. And then the Miller virus is close behind. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so what do we know about the coronavirus? How it started? How it is similar or different to some of the outbreaks that we've seen in recent years?
3: Right. So the coronavirus actually is a family of viruses. Um, there. Oh. It, a great yeah, it's family. a family. Right. Um, oh, there are nice. human coronaviruses and those that live um, exclusively in animals. Um, what we know about the human coronaviruses is that there are seven strings. Four of them, very benign, might cause some minor illnesses. And then the latter three are the ones that we've been most concerned about. So that's the ones SARS. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another one called MERS. And those are from uh, cats or excuse me, camels and bats. And there's this newer coronavirus that was just discovered um, literally almost a little over a month ago in China. Um, which we're still learning a lot about. Uh, apparently, there was a group of people who, who they believe, uh, were exposed to some type of animal that had the corona, had the coronavirus. Um, they're not sure, but yeah. Again, these folks were at a, a live animal supermarket, um, and oh. that's where the broke the the virus broke out. So, so you, oh, sorry. So, go so ahead.
2: well, I just want to give like a what Namisi News uh, says about this is the virus has been circulating around Wuhan, China, uh, for about a month now, infecting several hundred people and killing at least seventeen. Uh, according to the latest figures uh, shared by the Chinese health officials uh, this past week. They say now that it's in the U.S., specifically in Washington State, you're probably wondering uh, if you're on the if we're on the cusp of an outbreak, which is really what we wanted to ask you about, is like how concerned should we be about this right now? I mean, it seems like there's one person in Washington State, but certainly with as much international travel as we have, that could change at a moment's notice.
3: Absolutely. So the person who was infected in Washington was actually visiting China. So they were exposed in China and came back here to the States. Now, the Centers of Disease Controls takes this very serious. They do think it's a very serious public health matter, but project that our, uh, we sh- don't need to be as concerned. Um, they're taking a lot of safety measures, putting a lot of programs and screening in places at international airports and doing as much as possible to prevent any further contamination. But we're still learning a lot about this virus. We're not even sure exactly, although we suspect it originated from an animal, You know what animal and who's who's susceptible to this? Where an animal virus, which went rogue, can now infect a person. Mm -hmm.
1: So, but this coronavirus, you guys already knew about. You just haven't detected it in humans yet.
3: No, no. So there, so there, there have been a group of coronaviruses that we've known about. Again, four of those were very mild. They cause like cough and cold symptoms. Um, The other three are this newer one that we're talking about, and prior to that was the SARS that broke out. I think in two thousand two. Okay,
1: so so so. Coronavirus is just is a class just of a, virus. A, a cla- it's yeah. the last, it's last name, Allie. It's like the family got name. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. So, and I, I just, I don't know if this is a question or not, but something that I experienced when I traveled internationally was we called the and and made a hospital uh, an appointment with the travel clinic at the hospital near us and we went in and we said we're traveling here uh what do we need to do we set up an appointment we got all the shots we got all the information on you know precautions to take and when people bring these things back into the u.s is it because they haven't gone through the proper channels before they leave or you know when we're bringing things back and moving them around country to country is that because people aren't careful when they are traveling what 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 are some of the reasons that people bring it here?
3: Right, those are the souvenirs that we don't want. Right mm-hmm. from travel. So kudos to you first for yes. Whenever you're going to travel internationally, definitely check in with your healthcare provider. Make sure you have the latest shots um, before going to particular areas and in, in the world. Um, but what really happens is the vaccines we have. Can't protect against certain, you know, against everything. And these are viruses. So there is no vaccine. There is no treatment for this. Um, we really don't even have a, a really good screening method for this. So there's no. Even so it wouldn't they, have mattered. Yeah, it wouldn't have mattered oh, in this see. situation. But you stay away from people who are coughing, you know, sick, um, just being careful not to expose yourself to environments that could be infectious.
2: I always, um, I always hear my mom in my head in these moments like, just make sure you're washing your hands a lot. Oh,
3: wash like, your hands. Your, yeah,
2: yeah. Um, Nurse Alice, we always appreciate when you're here and kind of giving us the lowdown on these different things. Tell people where they can find out more about what you're doing.
3: Yes, you can follow me on social media at Ask Nurse Alice. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and I have a website, asknursealice.com. So hit me up. I'd love to hear your questions and give you some answers.
2: Yes, we'll see you here, back you. here next week. Yes. Um, we will take a quick break. When we come back, more Drop the Subject. Don't go anywhere. Drop the Subject. The new Channel Q. Welcome back to Drop the Subject. I am Jarrett. Allie is here. It is her 35th birthday today. Congratulations.
1: Thank you. I've made it.
2: I hear you've been receiving a lot of uh, marketing emails congratulating (laughs) you on another year. Okay,
1: hold on. I did get an urgent message from one Emmy, and it says urgent, and I opened it up, and it said... HPD. <laughs> Sent from my iPhone.
2: Every time we say HPD, I'm hearing HPV. I know. And I'm like, and I'm like HPV, I
1: already have that. Oh,
2: wow. No one needs to wish me that. Wow. Uh, okay. Right.
1: I've gotten uh, from Lyft. Happy birthday from Lyft. You know what they should do for, for Lyft is, because everyone does those webcam things now Every anyway, everybody's always recording people's drives, There should be like similar to Facebook, here's a year in review. Of all the Lyft rides. Of you've all taken. your Lyft ride.
2: Oh my God, that would depress me.
1: Because <laughs> I, I, it's just you on your phone.
2: Well, I'm, I told you the other day. Like they've been giving me like these rewards for how much money you spend on it, and I'm like, yeah, this is just really depressing me, knowing <laughs> that I've spent this much money on Uber. <laughs> I probably should get a car at this point.
1: You've probably paid someone's like salary by this point.
2: I, oh God, I don't want to think that. Well, let's move Someone
1: on. is like, I'm finally able to feed my baby. Exactly. Thanks to yeah, Jared no. Hill.
2: Thanks. Um, okay. We have to get into a little something that we do here on Thursday. It's called Gay Gay Cray Cray.
4: Crazy.
2: Yeah. If you're new to the show, Gay Gay Cray Cray is where we take a story of a couple who has done something ridiculous or funny or crazy or whatever it is, and we take out all the pronouns, and the other person has to figure out if this couple is gay gay or just plain old straight cray cray. Now I'm gonna get into the story, and then we're gonna take a break, and I'll come back and finish it. So, I
1: got it. I, okay. It's hard for me to take notes, but I'm gonna take them.
2: I was gonna say, and it's hard for you to take notes, and I'm doing this uh, live pronoun switch on the fly, on the fly, because um, we've we've been so busy um, here. We go. The headline says uh, it's modified. It says, "I moved across the world to be with someone I'd spent only eight days with. Here's why: lesbians. This is a first. <laughs> I was gonna say. Mm-hmm.
1: All right, I'm writing it down. Even. This is a
2: personal account. It says, in 2017, I was living in Guatemala, working as a grant writer for an agricultural nonprofit. <laughs> so- that sounds plausible already, <laughs> this too. This is so lesbian. I rarely went to the U.S., but that October, the nonprofit sent me to the Forbes 30 Under 30 Summit in Boston. Okay. At the last event of the summit, a I, uh, I boat ride on the harbor, I met this person. This person wait, was- Wait, hold
1: on. A boat ride? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's kind of gay guy-ish. I'm
2: going to Well, it was a it was a, a big event, and it was on a boat ride. All right. So, um, we'll call this person D. She said, uh, they say, he says. got it. <laughs> um, so Terry said, no, okay. So this person says um, that Dee was a CEO and founder of a social enterprise in Kenya. Um. Uh, person says we uh, added each other person. on social media I'm just trying to like we're gonna person call person
1: says we're
2: gonna call this person M M says well, okay we added wait, each- wait, wait, wait
1: M is the CEO of M the place the in Kenya M is the main person that's
2: telling the story uh, D is the person they met
1: got it and D is the one who is the CEO at the place mm-hmm. in Kenya okay
2: right we added each other on Facebook and began talking every day we sent paragraphs about international development oh my god the places we traveled to oh
1: this is so good. and
2: our perspective on life. D was articulate, and, brilliant, and different. I'd initially been impressed that D ran a successful company at age twenty four, but there was much more to D. D was a global <laughs> adventurer who did things like travel alone through the Congo. D uh-huh. even spoke seven languages, oh, D was relentlessly curious, okay. educating themselves through through Wikipedia and exploring from afar by scrolling around Google Maps. Destimulated my own curiosity, <laughs> intellect, and sense of adventure.
1: Alright, so I everything <laughs> up vomiting. until that point I was thinking these have got to be some old lesbians, but then now that they're under 30 and owning a company at 24 and speaking 7 languages, this might be some hetero millennials. Okay. So, I got some deliberating to do. We're
2: going to take a break, I'm going to finish this story, and Allie's going to get the dramatic conclusion of...
1: Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject
2: subject is back, and uh, Allie, those headphones.
1: I'm getting better, Adam. Why are you looking at me like
2: that? The hair is just really good. Oh. Um, uh, welcome back to Gay Gay Cray Cray. It, it's okay now. Okay. Like, you had like an alfalfa situation kind of. Uh. But, um, uh, gay Gay Cray Cray is in full effect right now. We are in the middle of learning about this story where uh, M is our person, who's telling the story a first person account of their meeting D. Mm-hmm. Um, M is Oh, you're trying to
1: deceive me with that letter.
2: I listen. You're I'm trying, trying to, to
1: insinuate the genitalia, aren't you? I'm having
2: no. Uh-huh. I'm having the hardest time keeping up with this. But you didn't say V. I, okay. V and V. No. Um, okay. So uh, what we've learned about this person so far: they lived in Guatemala for a while, working as a grant writer for an agricultural nonprofit. Didn't come to the United States a whole lot. Came for a conference met this person, D, at the end of the conference Mm. um, on a boat event. They exchanged social media. They then started talking. Um, M loves D's articulate nature, that they're brilliant, they're different, Um, that D is 24 years old and uh, travels a whole lot, uh, runs a company. And they say, uh, M says, um, that D speaks a bunch of different languages, Uh, D appeared during an uncertain time in M's life. M says, I was in the middle of leaving my job and didn't know what would come next. I was 24 and wanted my next move to be aligned with my long term vision for my career, but it was proving difficult to create one. My career was, an interna- was in international development, which is a very broad field, and I wasn't sure what I wanted to focus on. Uh, M goes on to say, after months of anxiety and inspiration, inspiration stuck. They say that uh, I would take time off to travel in Asia. I'd been long interested in this region, and was there was an opportunity to go. A week before their departure, something happened that surpassed serendipity and touched what some would call fate. Mm -hmm. An investor in Indonesia told D they wanted to fly them there for a meeting. Their trip coincided with my arrival in the region. I can meet you in Hong Kong, said D's next message. Long story short, they ended up falling in love in this eight-day trip. And M is now going to be, now has moved to live with D um, where they live.
1: Okay. Anybody moving in with anybody after eight days I got to go lesbian. I just think that I would be a fool to put my eggs in the straight basket at that point. (laughs) Uh, There are some things that are, I mean, there's several signifiers. The fact that they were communicating in long paragraphs every single day, Mm -hmm. very lesbonic. I've been guilty of that many, many times. Um, I didn't hear many mention of animals or vegan leather.
2: Mm. which
1: throws me off a little bit. There mm-hmm. was a party on a boat, which seems gay guyish, but it was a work thing. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. not like they just elected to do that. But then the speaking seven languages, uh, I just, I think I'm going to have to go lesbian. I'm going to go two ladies, lesbians who love nonprofit work. Okay, and they have dedicated work. their lives to working abroad
2: with Himalayan whistle children. With
1: Himalayan whistle children.
2: That's a reference from Will and Grace. I don't even know what that means. Oh, but yeah.
1: I was like, yeah, uh, and I think that they they it was kismet, and they are now living in a studio pl- apartment, and they've already adopted three cats they've already and probably adopted. four children.
2: Well, I will tell you that um, after one week after that text message saying, I'll meet you in Hong Kong, they say one suspense fil- week filled later week filled. Later? I did not say that right. <laughs> I was like,
1: did I say that? I was like, that? is English one of the languages they speak?
2: <laughs> one suspense-filled week later, D was coming to pick me up at my hotel uh, in Hong Kong. I waited in the room while minutes ground down. I looked in the mirror, picked up a book, put it down, played music, changed a song, and then he knocked on the door. No! Yes, D is Daniel, M is Rachel. They are just crazy. Oh, they're
1: like the most... Rachel and Daniel? Rachel
2: and Daniel. Wow.
1: <laughs> so they were just young, straight millennials.
2: They were. They were. They're that cray-cray, rude. and they are in love, and now they live together. Of
1: course. Guess well, what? They're getting divorced.
2: No. I was going to say News It or Lose it." Is oh.
1: <laughs> that.
2: Drop the Subject presents News It or Lose It. All right, Allison Johnson, it is now your turn. You hold the power. I have three stories. You have three votes, and the people will get what we get them. Are you ready? Yep. I'll take that as a yes. A team is trying to get the Super Bowl moved to Saturday. Sorry, peti-
1: I'm doing it with my enogma. Why are you doing it with that know. hand?
2: Uh, it says his petition has received thousands of signatures. We've newsed it. This celebrity reveals in a brave new memoir, I was killing myself with all the drinking and pills.
1: Oh my God. This, I gave you this story yesterday and you lost it.
2: No, I did not. This is not the same. It's Jessica Simpson.
1: It's just, Je- yes, that's exactly what I did yesterday. Yours
2: yesterday was Jessica Simpson. Right. This one is Jessica Simpson. Got it. Got it. Okay. And the dictionary.com word of the day is Jessica Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> it's autodidact. Oh,
1: sure, why not? Throw All it right. in there. That's
2: what we call in this business a three. The number a the three.
1: You're about to see. Do we call it an autodidact? We'll find out
4: next. Three. So that's the number. That's, that's, that's the number that's, yeah.
0: Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject presents. Lose it or lose it.
2: Welcome back to Drop the Subject. Uh, Allie, I mean, kind of killed it this time. You had two for three. I had a three for three. Gotta say. You I gotta had a three a sh- for three. Oh, yeah, you did. Never mind. Um, okay. Oh man. <laughs> it's my birthday. I did forget you did not have a three for three. Okay. Uh, up first, I am really fascinated by this story about the Super Bowl. So, um, I did not know part of this story. Uh, the headline that we just did came from CNN saying, a teen is trying to get the Super Bowl to be moved to Saturday. Saturday. His petition has received thousands of signatures. It says, uh, football fans must stay up pretty late on Sundays to watch the game, and it makes it hard to get up for school and work the next day, according to 16-year-old Frankie Ruggeri, I think is how his last name is pronounced.
1: Little Frankie? Little,
2: Little Frankie. Frankie's trying and to get... He, and he looks like a Frankie Ruggeri as well. So, like... Um, he, oh, yeah. He's uh, an he's adorable guy. He's
1: already got the plaid long sleeve shirt with black puffy vest. Exactly, right. with sports with, hat on. I was going to say,
2: which hat does not match. On. Yes. <laughs> um, he says... Uh Little Frankie says, why not have a kid say, how about the Super Bowl be on a Saturday? According to this kid, Uh, the idea came up a week ago when the upstate New York family was talking about the playoffs over dinner. Frankie said it should be on Saturday, and he followed up by starting a petition on Change.org. He's asking people to get behind changing next year's Super Bowl to Saturday, and people seem to be behind it. There's more than 10,000 people um, signed on to this petition. Frankie argues that more people will watch the NFL and get more money The NFL will get more money and more people would travel to the game if it were on a Saturday. Now, here's the interesting part about this that I didn't know. Historically, according to CNN, professional football games have always been on Sundays, and you can thank Congress for that. In 1961, Congress passed the Sports Broadcasting Act. The law helped set the NFL broadcasting schedule for Sundays to protect the fans of college and high school football. Wow. The law barred the broadcasting of professional games played on Fridays and Saturdays during the school's sessions. The Super Bowl is well after the school football season, though. Frankie hopes the NFL commissioner, Roger Goodell, will change his mind. Uh, CNN reached out to the NFL for for more comment. In the past, the NFL has said viewership is stronger on Sunday evenings um, and...
1: Well, everyone's been conditioned to this point to watch on Sundays. Um, Super Bowl Sunday is a thing. Yes, that makes sense now that now that you mentioned the college football thing, because I, I don't think there'd be as many college football fans if they didn't have, because on Saturday, if you're super into football, you're kind of jonesing on Saturday because you're like, uh, I have to wait till, like you get a game on Thursday and then you have to wait till Sunday for the next one. So having some football games on Saturday, you really start getting into the college football you know, stuff.
2: What also was interesting about this, though, they say in 2019, a survey found more than 17 million uh, U.S. employees may miss work the day after the Super Bowl. It's, uh,
1: yeah, it's one of the most. Taken off days of the year.
2: They also say there's a 41% increase in automobile accidents in the aftermath mm-hmm. of the Super Bowl, according to a th- 2003 study that was published in the New England Journal of Medicine. The study looked at the Super Bowls from 1975 through 2001.
1: And another fun fact is that during halftime, it's the most toilets being flushed consecutively at the same time. Crazy. Wait,
2: tr- wait say that again? Because everyone... <laughs> I want to make sure I heard that right. I was right.
1: like, is this glossing past you? Um, it's the most toilets that are being flushed at the same amount of time, because everyone is going to the bathroom during halftime. Oh. So everyone's watching and That's eating so a lot of- It's also one of the most uh,
2: purchased-
1: Pizzas, wings, all that stuff. But yeah, at at halftime is when I think bathrooms are being used the most out of any day at one point, you know, like in, in such a short time span.
2: Interesting. Okay. Well, I am super fascinated by that. I
1: still think we should go for an exception. I think Frankie's right, because nobody is productive on the Monday after Super Bowl Sunday.
2: We're completely out of time here, but Jessica Simpson has a brand new book coming out called Open Book, um, where she talks (laughs) about having been uh, really addicted to pills and... Um, drinking and ha- really been in like the throes of a, a really heavy depression Wow uh, she talks about it in her brand new book this story coming from people magazine she says I didn't feel comfortable talking about myself in a way that wasn't honest I'm a horrible liar she's now 39 I didn't realize just because I'm just 39 now Wow. That makes, that makes sense okay so, our dictionary.com word of the day before Emmy cuts me in the, the face. Um, <laughs> I, I just I feel it coming. She's like, I'm going to kill you if you don't me come on. In autodidact. The face. Any ideas what it means?
1: Uh, it's an answer that I missed on the math portion of the SATs.
2: That's correct. Um, it's <laughs> <laughs> Me too, apparently. Uh, a person who has learned a subject without the benefit of a teacher or formal education. A self taught person oh, is an autodidact. A BSer. No, you've like really learned it by reading books. Oh, I, okay, okay, okay. okay. Not just like, eh, I figured it out. Oh, okay. It's like you read a lot of books or you, you know, take some informal classes or something like that and you wear an autodidact. Well,
1: these two autodidacts will be back with some happy endings next. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q.
2: Oh my God, are we back?
1: We are back.
2: Oh, okay. I'm not writing a happy ending right now. Um, welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. You need to do
1: your homework. I have been Listen, writing furiously during this break.
2: So you're not ready. Either. I
1: know. I am ready. I have it right here in front of me. Want to
2: be clear that I asked, "Is she ready?" And she said, "No." It's time for happy endings.
1: <laughs> ah, yes. There are sad things in this world, Jarrett. But it's important that we be positive Nancys about them. Yeah. We take these things that might be sad and we slap a silver lining on it. Give it a little pat on the bottom. Send it into the sky and into the rest of your day.
2: Okay, first I thought you were talking about a baby being born and then maybe (laughs) it's a bird. I'm so confused.
1: Good. Then it's time to begin. Okay. I will start with my happy ending. Okay. Sure, the coronavirus is... Not a good thing and it's uh it's spreading. In fact, I think I just saw a headline about how someone at LAX has it.
2: Oh, are you serious?
1: Yes. No. But it's got to be better than the Paps Blue Ribbon virus, which I, is probably yes, maybe more cost-effective but will leave you with, with a worse headache.
2: I don't know what any of that means.
1: Paps? It's a super crappy beer? Oh. Yeah, I'm making a Corona versus Paps joke.
2: Oh, it's how a about, beer joke. You know, those are completely lost. How about me. this one? Okay.
1: Yes, the coronavirus is spreading, and that's a really bad thing, but we finally might get a new Corona commercial out, out of it.
2: Yeah, yeah, that was better. Okay, all right. Because they've up.
1: always got that same one with the beach. You have
2: this eyebrow that lime. says that you probably have one more. No, I don't. Okay. <laughs> um.
1: <laughs> yes, the coronavirus is spreading.
2: And that sucks.
1: And that sucks. Uh but Corona's probably going to be dis I don't know. I've got
2: nothing. I ain't got nothing. Okay. Um Jessica Simpson may have gone through some really difficult times with depression. But look at the bright side. Now that she's she that doing show. better. She oh. now that she's doing better, she's probably a lot more clear on the difference between chicken and tuna. <laughs> I don't know Is if there's a really chapter worked. on that because it should be.
1: I That's like a blue dress, certainly hope gold so. Gold dress thing.
2: I don't really know if that worked, because I had to make <laughs> up that ending as it was coming out of my mouth. Did
1: she write the book? The,
2: uh, I I think she probably did. Okay. I don't know. I Maybe hope she, she had,
1: didn't. like, an assistant.
2: Hopefully she had, like, a good editor. Um, <laughs> Q.
1: This part about tuna, I think we should lose it. I
2: think we should lose the whole tuna thing that happened on television and everyone <laughs> saw and only remembers that about me. <laughs> Wait, but didn't it say that she's only, like, sober off of alcohol? Oh, I don't know. I haven't read the whole, In, the whole oh, article. Oh, like, she
0: still she's has an addiction drinking. to pills? No, that, I mean, it's not saying that she has an addiction but she just said that she stopped drinking she didn't say anything about the drugs she's oh. not
2: sober well so, i mean it depends on how different people define sober in different like a ways so like if she's person if she's right like, if she's she, uh, no she may be sober from an alcohol perspective but like different people i know that's like a controversial thing the way that people define sober so
1: yeah i know well some people that uh, you know had a an addiction to alcohol, and then they're like just smoking weed all the time. You're kind of like,
2: mm, is yeah. that
1: still affecting yeah. your life negatively? Open question. But you can't
0: like redefine a definition. It is what it is. Sobriety is all or nothing. No, I agree. Drink you
1: can't say I'm sober say you if you're on pills and weed. Well, not yeah. if you.
2: I think the people that define it that way are looking at it from what they were addicted to as opposed to what they're using. So, like, if they were addicted to alcohol but they weren't addicted to marijuana just use it from time to time, I think, again, I I'm not sure, but I think that some people can still use marijuana and say that they're sober because they were never addicted to it. See,
1: I sense? think that you could say I'm clean off of X, Y, and Z. I just don't know if you can say I'm sober. I agree with if that. I saw, if, I, if someone said I'm sober and then I saw them smoking weed, I'd be like, you're not sober. Uh, yeah. it, that doesn't mean yeah, that exactly. you're not doing, that. like, if you had a, an addiction to cocaine and you're no longer doing cocaine, that's great. That's what you needed to not do. But if you're still having drinks every once in a while, you can't call yourself sober.
2: I don't know. I a mean.
1: definition is
0: a definition, though. It's we'll have like to talk to is... Dr. John about that.
1: <laughs> we should, yeah. I yeah.
0: like it. It's what it is. Yeah. Is uh, this a happy what's ending? What's your happy ending? Uh, that was my happy ending. All right.
1: So no <laughs> pills. <laughs> Wait, your happy ending was then just because you're no, not definition. sober? No, I'm not sober. Yes. yes. So much for my happy ending. <laughs> That's right.
0: Uh, we actually have to go, so. Oh.
2: Well played, well, Annie. Well, we'll hey, pick
1: up this conversation tomorrow. Exactly.
2: Uh, tomorrow on the show, we've got a... Pretty big announcement coming up. We do. Um, some Something that's going to be happening. So that will be tomorrow. A big secret. A big secret mm. that we know. What does that mean? And you don't. Mm. You're listening to Channel Q's Deep Dark Secrets. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> we'll, um, see we'll, you we'll talk about that tomorrow and a whole lot more. We'll update you on impeachment and I'm sure we'll have a bunch of other things going on as well. We'll see you then.